looking up here and I thought, oh, well, I have a, a music stand for my stuff. I, I've actually, I've, I've got an iPad and I just don't, I haven't got the hang of preaching from the thing yet. But, you know, I love all this stuff that you can now, it's got such good software recognition that you can speak the stuff, you know, and it writes it down for you, but you always have to check it. This week, we have Holy Week services at noon every day, and then lunches at, t at uh, 12.30. So it's just a short service, if you can break away. Uh, what we do is we have people from different churches, First Baptist is Monday, um, Morning Star Missionary Baptist Church, our African-American friends are here Tuesday, Presbyterians here Wednesday, Thursday, we've got First Christian Church, and then we limp out with Methodists on the last day. Uh, but I, I was, I'm, you know, it just shows the desperation to which things have come. I'm the rotary president of our club this year, and I forgot I, I need to get somebody else to cover for me. So I sent him an, a note, and I just was talking to my phone, and I said, you know, we have noon Holy Week services. And I looked at it, and the way it turned out is this. We have nude Holy Week services. <laughs> so I want to assure you we do not have nude Holy Week services, but we are having noon Holy Week services, and if you can come and be a part of that, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, you got to keep your humor in life, and I'm grateful for that. Well, <coughs> by the way, doesn't J.D. look well-rested? <laughs> he came in, and he was just, you know, kind of had to squeegee him uh, in here, so bless you. Uh, every new dad and mom are just weary in well-doing. That is my chief memory of having children, is being tired. Uh, but what a great blessing. J.D., don't worry, it'll get worse. <laughs> uh, actually, it gets just lots better. And then they turn 16. Uh, but then it'll get better after that, too. Well, I'm just honored to be here. Uh, if any of you have never seen Shannon in a robe, take a look at that. You know, she's looking fine today, and I appreciate Shannon uh, leading over in worship services in the sanctuary. Uh, it is such a privilege to work with our staff. It's an honor to work with Shannon. She and Diane are just such an enormous blessing, uh, working with Justin and the band here and Lester and the gang over there. We are blessed in our church to have so many different ways that we're able to connect people to God. And we remember it's all about the same thing, connecting people to God. We've all got, all across our church, the same vision statement, you know, big, build disciples of Jesus. That's what we're all about. Um, and so we want to impact our world and then grow uh, in grace and grow in love. But that has had some unexpected results. We decided we'd put big on our nameplates outside of our, our offices and stuff. So mine is Big Bob Moon. And uh, somebody noticed the other day and said, have you noticed that it says Big Women's Restroom? <laughs> so that was not really intentional on our part, but there are things that will surprise you along the way. Well, we've been in the series Red, and I want to take uh, the opportunity to talk with you today on the red words Jesus spoke from the cross, it is finished. Starting things is easy, finishing them is hard. Does anybody know that? Uh, 
it is easy to quit smoking. People have done it thousands of times. <laughs> it's easy to diet. People do it thousands of times and fall right back. It's hard to finish. Jeff Foxworthy said, I have never been jealous, not even when my dad finished fifth grade a year before me. <laughs> it's easy to start things, hard to finish. Goethe said, what is not started today is never finished tomorrow. Zsa Zsa Gabor, no less an authority than that, said, a man in love is not complete until he is married. Then he is finished. <laughs> well, today we're taking a look at it is finished. The Bible tells this fascinating story in Genesis about how the people got together and said, we're going to build a temple, we're going to build a tower that is going to reach up to God. That is really a story about our self-effort to get to God. That, by the way, is all of our story. But these guys get together and they attempt to build a temple, build this tower up to God, and you remember God confuses their languages. Somebody here remember, we call that the Tower of Babel. And so, uh, you have this incredible tower that sort of started, but it's never finished because the people just disperse. And every time somebody sees that tower, they think there was something we started, we thought we could do on our own, and we failed. Easy to start, hard to finish. In stark contrast, we come today to just three verses in the Bible that tell us about something Jesus not only began, but he finished. So let's look at John 19, verses 28 through 30. Jesus knew that everything was now finished. And to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, these are some of the most important words we could ever hear. Would you help this find its way into the depths of our heart? And today, wherever each of us may find ourselves in our journey, let us come with supreme confidence to Jesus because what he has done for us is completed. It is finished. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Well, if the story about the Tower of Babel is about us reaching to God, this word from Jesus is about how God has been reaching to us. And Jesus is able to say, it is finished. The word means it's come to an end, it is complete, it is done. It's the word of a merchant who says it's paid for. It's the word of a servant who's been given a task and he comes back to the master and he says it is finished. It's the word of the priest who examines the lamb to be sacrificed and he says it is perfect. It is finished, it is right, it is complete, it is done. Now. Something really interesting about the Gospel of John is that John always portrays Jesus as the king. 
And next time you read the Gospel of John, think about this. Look at how Jesus is always in charge. Jesus is never a victim of circumstances that, is, that are just sweeping him along. Jesus is always in control. So Jesus says this, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down by myself. Jesus is the one who says, I have completed the work that the Father gave me to do. Jesus is always in control. And how about when he meets Pilate? And Pilate, in his frustration, says to Jesus when Jesus won't speak, don't you know that I have the power to put you to death? And Jesus, the king, responds by saying, you would have no authority unless it had been given to you from above. So when Jesus is on the cross and he says, it is finished, don't mistake that in any way for Jesus saying, I am finished. It's a word of defeat. It is the word of the king who comes to the end of the course that he has here on earth and says, it is completed, it is done, it is finished. And it is a word of triumph. It is a word of victory. My work is completed. In Luke 19.10, Jesus tells us why he came. It's this. The Son of Man has come to look for lost people and to save them. Isn't that great? The Son of Man has come to look for lost people and to save them. And as Jesus dies on the cross, you know what he says? It is completed. It is finished. I have accomplished the purpose for which God has sent me. So today, let's just take a few minutes and, and talk together and think together about what it means when Jesus says, it is finished. And, and let's take hold of what that means for our life. I've, I've got three good application things that I want to just bring us to at the end. For one thing, it means when he says it is finished, that all of his sufferings are finished. And certainly the sufferings of those days. It also means that the promises and the prophecies of Scripture have all been fulfilled. Consider some of these things. He was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. He was rejected. Uh, it says that he was beaten and he was bruised. It says that he was mocked. He was forsaken by his friends. He prayed for his persecutors. None of his bones would be broken. He said, I thirst. He would be crucified with thieves. Soldiers would cast lots for his clothing. He would cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Darkness would fall on the land. His hands and feet would be pierced. None of his bones would be broken. He would be given vinegar to drink, and he would be buried in a borrowed tomb. All of these prophecies were fulfilled. And so before Jesus died, he said, it is finished. It means that the sacrificial system has been done away with now once and forever. You know, go back with me to, to the book of Genesis. Remember when God spoke to Abraham, and he said, now I want you to take Isaac, your son, your only son, your only son Isaac, your only son Isaac whom you love, and go and sacrifice him. Abraham didn't understand what that was all about, but he was obedient to Jesus, or obedient to God's call. And do you realize that it was on that same place, that very same mountain that Jesus was sacrificed? And so Abraham goes there, and I wonder as Abraham after that, when he offered other sacrifices, 
of animals given in behalf of his own sins and the sins of others. I wonder if he ever thought, I wonder when the sacrificial system will end. Of course, in the other books, uh, especially in Leviticus, you find that Aaron is given the whole sacrificial system. All kinds of sacrifices of bulls, lambs, doves, I mean, grains, all these things. And again and again, the sacrifices would have to be made. And I wonder if Aaron ever thought, I wonder when the sacrifices will end. Because as many goats and uh, as many lambs and bulls as were given, the next year you had to do it all over again. Do you realize that during the Passover at the time when Jesus was living, about a million people would gather into Jerusalem? I mean, it was just incredible. The place, you couldn't move in there. And the sights and the sounds and the smells of the slaughter of thousands and thousands of lambs must have been incredible. And I wonder, as people came there year after year, if sometimes they just thought, I wonder when the sacrificial system is going to end. Well, I'm here to tell you, it happened at the cross. There, Jesus hanging on the cross said, it is finished. And one of the things that he meant is, you don't need to offer the sacrifices anymore. No more need for lambs to be sacrificed. They could never take away sin. You did that year after year to remind you of the cost of being set right with God. But now the blood of the perfect Lamb of God has been sacrificed once for all. It is finished, and the sacrificial system is done away. Jesus' perfect obedience is finished. It says about Jesus that he was tempted in every point, just like we are, yet without sin. He always did the will of his heavenly Father, and he would say, it is finished. How about this? His perfect justice, God's perfect justice, is satisfied. Somebody wrote this, I owed a, a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. Jesus paid the sacrifice for our sins. The debt, now understand this, the debt was not paid to Satan. God has never owed Satan anything. The debt was not paid to Satan. Rather, the debt that was paid was for God's perfect justice. God could not walk away from sin. God could not walk away from the disobedience of his people. God could not ignore the evil in the world and just say, ah, don't worry about it. The sins had to be paid for, and Jesus paid for those sins of all people perfectly at the cross. He paid for it forever, utterly, it is finished. When Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All of the combined concentrated agony of all the people of all the world for all time is wrapped up in that because in that moment Jesus took and experienced in himself all of the sins of all people and paid for it with his own life and so he could say it is finished now make no mistake we still encounter Satan who brings all kinds of accusations against us in fact the accusations are true Satan comes against me and he says, God, look at Bob. 
Look at his thought life. Look at the words that he says. Look at the things that he does. They're not perfect. Matter of fact, he sins against you, and he is right. But at that moment, Jesus steps forward. You know what he says? I've paid for them all. It is finished. No longer can Satan hold that over us. Jesus, when he said it is finished, destroyed the power of Satan, sin, and death. Like David and Goliath of old. David, a simple shepherd with a slingshot, looks like things have absolutely no hope. And there hangs Jesus on the cross about to die. And it looks like he is defeated. But just like David snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, so Jesus at the cross, when he dies, is not defeated, but he is the victor. He says it is finished, and part of what he means is Satan's dominion over the world is done. Satan is defeated. Sin is defeated. Death is defeated. One of the pictures given to us in Revelation, Jesus says, I have the keys of hell and death. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you use keys for? To unlock things or lock them. I'm here to tell you, Jesus does not hold those keys to lock people into death and hell. He holds the keys to unlock the gates of hell and death so that people can be set free. And Jesus completed that work on the cross. It is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, with his own blood, he signed and ratified once and for all the covenant that brought mankind back together with God. Ever since Adam, every person's story is this, that we have chosen our own way and we have been separated from God. But Jesus, with his blood, ratified once and for all and signed there the covenant that we now can be brought back together with God. When Jesus breathed his last, do you remember, in the temple, there was this great curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from everybody. And from top to bottom it was torn as though God himself reached down and ripped it from above and said, no longer is there anything separating people from me. The way through Jesus Christ has been opened so that every person can come back to God. It is finished. It is completed. This is the great work of God. So, what does that mean for us? Three things, and I don't know where you are in your own walk with Christ, but listen for this and see where God is speaking to you. First, to those who are far from God, when Jesus says, it is finished, I want to proclaim to you with all of the authority of Scripture and all of the confidence that we have in the words of Jesus, I want to proclaim that Jesus has torn down every barrier that separates us from God. Did you hear that? Jesus has torn down every barrier that has separated us from God. There is no sin that is so great that we cannot get back to God. There is no person who has rejected or scorned God so thoroughly that they cannot return to him. No person has sunk so low that God cannot raise them back up. No one has spoken to God so bitterly that he cannot repent of his words. No one has treated God so cruelly that they cannot find mercy. 
No one has abused or hurt or destroyed another person who cannot find forgiveness in Jesus Christ. To every sin that has ever been committed and to every sinner that has ever committed them, Jesus says that he has paid for them all and he says, it is finished. It is done. To every sinner who has gone far from God, you need to know that because of the cross of Jesus, you can be forgiven and you can come home. There is no prodigal son or daughter that has gone away so far that they cannot turn around and return to the Father and find mercy and restoration. Remember, this is the very reason Jesus came. The Son of Man came to find lost people and to save them. Secondly, I may be speaking to many among us today. To those who are tormenting themselves because you think you're never good enough and you always have to do something else to please God and you find your life is a as a, your spiritual life, your life as a Christian, is a burden because you always have to do something to make God happy, I want you to hear this. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant that there is nothing that you need to add to the work done at the cross. Now, hang with me. I've got something very important to say, and I need you to stick with me. But when Jesus says it is finished, he means you don't add anything to earn your salvation. It is not the cross of Jesus and going to church. It's not the cross of Jesus and giving money. It's not the cross of Jesus and going to Sunday school. It's not the cross of Jesus and serving other people. It's just the cross of Jesus. It is finished. It's enough. And so for somebody who feels a lot like the older brother in the prodigal son story, the one who says, well, I've stuck around here. I've done all the religious stuff. I've done my best. I've worked hard. I, 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 I. Jesus wants to say to you, it is finished. And like the father said in that story to the older brother, come into the party. Quit struggling out here trying to earn something. Just come to the party. You're invited. You're forgiven. There is grace enough for everyone. And then I want to speak a third word. To somebody here who is living in fear because you think, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I can have confidence. I feel like I've trusted Jesus, but every moment I just wonder if the gates of hell are yawning open for me. I don't have any confidence in my salvation. Well, I want to proclaim to you with all my heart that God's work at the cross is a finished work. You are not trusting in what you have done for God, but in what Jesus has done for you. And so, yes, we can have absolute confidence, not in ourselves, but in Christ. If you have trusted Jesus, if you have asked him to be your Savior, if you have said, I want to follow you from now on, then you are a Christian. It is finished. You can have confidence. Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. We can have absolute confidence because of what Jesus has done at the cross. With assurance, we can say, it is finished. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said about this. The words, it is finished, consolidated heaven, shook hell, comforted earth, 
delighted the Father, glorified the Son, brought down the Spirit, and confirmed the everlasting covenant to all the chosen seed. Isn't that great? You know, whenever Shannon and I preach, we always try to come to the conclusion of a sermon to ask for a response. We ought to do something. We ought to, there ought to be some response of our heart. We don't walk away just saying, oh, well, that was interesting. We want to ask for a response. But today, I, I really I thought about that. You know what my only response is I'm asking? I'm not asking you to do anything. Because the message says it's finished. <laughs> so here's all I've got for you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Trust in him. Trust in him. When Jesus says it is finished, it's enough. So here's a question. Okay, I asked you to hang with me. And if you're drifting away, come back. So here's the question. Does that mean, when Jesus says it is finished, that we don't need to do anything? The answer is yes. And the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is yes, we don't need to do anything. What Jesus has done is enough for our salvation. But the answer is no. Now listen, you know why it doesn't cost us anything? It's because it cost him everything. Don't think it's cheap. It cost him everything. That's why it costs us nothing. But here's the deal. Then does it cost us anything? Oh, yes. You know, all it costs you is everything. Jesus doesn't want anything except all your life. See, salvation is free. Discipleship costs us everything. What Jesus wants is for you to follow him from this day forward with all your heart, body, mind, soul, strength. See, we are called on to be people who do not seek our, our own kingdom, but the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We do not seek things for ourselves, but we seek after the things of God. We do not seek to be served, but to serve. We want to be people who say, no turning back because it is finished in Jesus Christ. In 1968, in Mexico City, at the Olympics, John Stephen Aquari was running the marathon in the course of the race he had an accident fell cut his knee and all of the people finished the uh, marathon they came into the stadium you know the last thing is you make a lap around the stadium and an hour after everybody else finished people already left the stadium and not many people were left but John Stephen Aquari showed up an hour later through pain, still stumbling on, and he made his final lap and finished the race dead last. And afterwards, the reporters asked him, why did you do that? You were going to come in last. And here's what he said. My country, Tanzania, did not send me 5,000 miles to start a race, but to finish it. Don't you want to come to the end of your days here on earth and be able to say with Paul, I have run the race, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith, and now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, and not for me alone, but for all who love his appearing. See, we trust completely in what Jesus has done for us. 
Jesus holds the keys of hell and death and he unlocks the door and he opens it for us to go free. That is what Jesus has done. It is a finished work. Here's the only thing that he asks. What is your response? Will you walk through that door? Will you come back to the Father? He has swept away every barrier that separates us from God. And now he invites us all of us prodigal sons and daughters to come back home it is finished let's pray father for any who feel like they're just far from god would you just speak your word that no one can get so far away hard for us to believe no one can get so far away that they can't turn around and come back. When Jesus said it's finished, he said, I have paid the debt so every person can come back. The only ones who cannot be made right with God are those who turn away from this gift of God. So would you let us hear that there's room for us all in the cross, and there we can come back together with God because Jesus paid it all. For any of us who are living our lives trying to add something to what Jesus has done, trying to earn your favor, can you help us today to believe in a whole new way that Jesus is enough? May we have utter confidence in you and know that Jesus has paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin has left us.